Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Round one has just been completed and round two is coming up very soon. Team lists have just dropped right now, so I'm here with Josh and we're going to go through it all for you guys. Josh, mate, how you doing? Going good as always, Daniel. Um, yeah, mate, ready to get stuck in for another round. And yeah, mate, I might need your your services today because I'm a little bit unsure what to do as, as well. So yeah. Uh, Speak around this one for a lot of fantasy coaches, I think. Yeah, I think, um, like, you're asking for my wisdom, but I think I just need to bounce a few ideas <laughs> off you, to be honest, because I think the, the best way to kind of wrap things up in my head is to actually get someone else's opinion, because I think I know what I want to do, but every time, like, I... I talk about it and I look at other people's posts and see what other people are saying. I, I feel like it just directly contradicts everything that I'm thinking. So I think we're going to have a few ideas that are going to kind of bounce off each other here and we'll just kind of see how we go. I think. Sounds good to me, mate. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Righto. Let's start with the first game on the Thursday night for round two. We have the Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs. Uh, I won't go through each of the teams. Go check out the team list on the NRL.com site. They'll have it all there. We also put up a post in our stories. Um, so if you want to check those out, the link is there. Um, Mate, pretty standard here for the for the Panthers. No changes for them. And for the Bunnies, the same thing. There's no changes except for the ones that are injured. So Jai Arrows out to the back row. And so is Tavita Totola with his concussion. Um, but other than that, it's pretty stock standard team. Based on last week's game for the Panthers, it was a pretty interesting one because they played pretty similar to how they played against St. Helens in the preseason challenge and they were still looking very very clunky how did you how do you find them yeah they were a little bit clunky and yeah i thought the broncos to be fair played played a ride as well and gave them a good run for their money yeah yeah it's kind of hard to take away because you obviously know that they're a sick sick team the panthers they're gonna hit form eventually it might just take them another couple of weeks you think still had you know the kind of Usual suspects that are in and around the, the top scorers for the Panthers. Cleary hit a 61, which was actually a pretty solid captaincy option in the end. We, I thought eventually, like when it happened at the start, I was like, oh, 61, that's not that great. But uh, looking at the round that was, uh, wasn't a lot of kind of 60 plus scores this round. So uh, not too bad for him. And then, yeah, guys like Yo and Edwards, Fish, Harris were all up the top there as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the Panthers team, especially in in um, Cleary, I think he ended the round of oh, well, the game with like a forty nine, and then he got his uh, his bonus points like he always does at the end of the round, which was good to see. But you kind of look at his sixty one, and I mean, people are already cold on him after his sixty one, just because they expect him to get seventies, eighties plus. But you look at his scores; he has a couple tackle busts, but no no try assists, no tries, no line breaks, no line break assists, no usual Cleary stats. So 61 as a base, I mean, I'm taking that every every week, to be <laughs> honest, from Nathan Cleary. So I wouldn't be too worried about him. He'll be fine. Same with Brian Toto, actually. A lot of people getting very cold on him because he only scored 29. He's been kind of stranded out there on that, um, that right wing and people really want to see him on the left, but still hit 200 meters. So I wouldn't be too worried. His base is still quite high. He just didn't get many attacking opportunities, to be honest. Yeah, he's a tricky one. Just given his price, given he has the buy coming up as well. Um, but yeah, I think if you started with him, and I think that's going to be kind of my general advice, but I think this week is just hold strong. Like, yeah, you brought in these players for a reason. One game, don't hit the panic button. 
just yet. Yeah, it's exactly how I'm thinking about Brendan Smith, but we'll get to him uh, soon. Uh, Chell, <laughs> oh, rage trading. People are rage trading. Uh, you should see all the comments. It's it's pretty crazy, actually. Um, I was going to say, we got about 30 DMs, I think, uh, since the Roosters <laughs> game about Brandon Smith and uh, what to do with him. But yeah, anyway, we'll talk <laughs> we'll get about there. it. Yeah. Um, so looking at other players, I guess, in this Panthers team, we're probably looking at the likes of Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke and their combination in the hooker position and also... Luke Garner as well. They're probably the two big talking points. Do you want to take us through your thoughts on those? Yeah, Sonny Luke's a really interesting one because he pumped out a good score, but uh, he did it in 26 minutes, which is not ideal. Um, and generally, uh, when we look at kind of hookers that are getting those minutes, they're getting like barely 20 points. I think if you got Sonny Luke, I'd be holding him. Like he's going to continue to go up in price, even if he has some kind of like lower weeks. But yeah, I guess the gamble's paid off if you brought him in. Um, got the meat pie on the weekends. And who knows? Maybe he kind of uh, pushes Mitch Kenny to kind of more of a 50 50 split in this hooker role, which we'll see his price uh, keep going up, which to be fair, he looked pretty good and much better than Mitch Kenny. So. Um, he probably should be playing more minutes than 26. Do you, do you say that similarly? Yeah, I, I think he will going forward as well. I think he's definitely got good enough skills on the park. Like they looked such a better team when he came on as well. Much more attacking threat um, than Mitch Kenny is. He was basically there. Kenny was really there to just soak up tackles and it seemed like Sonny Luke was there to actually score on points. So I think going forward, he might be a, he's an okay buy option if you don't have him, but I wouldn't be rushing to get him because his minutes aren't going to skyrocket. It's not like he's going to go from 25 minutes on the weekend to 80 or something like that. Like it's not going to happen that quickly. So um, there is a potential that he eats into Kenny's minutes a little bit, but it'll take some time. So Understandably, he's an okay buy, but I think there's still risk associated with going him for sure. Yeah, I think there's just other guys that, unless you've kind of hit all the nails on the head with, you know, guys like, you know, the Hammer and uh, the Cardi Party and Jackson Ford Chance. and some of these other guys, yeah. Chance. Um, yeah, he's probably not one that's on the priority list for me just because, yeah, I still, even though he had a good score, I just don't think it's that replicable is that a word um, yeah well he's not going to do it straight away he's not going to be scoring 40s again next week i don't think and he's a cash cow he's going to sit on your emergencies but he's not going to get you big scores basically and there's some players yeah. that can get you big scores that are cheap at the moment i agree with that uh luke garner to get back to your original question he's a bit tricky for me i saw you saying to somebody um in our dms that he's a sell i'm yeah, look, he didn't play. He played 50 minutes on the weekend. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit hesitant on him. I feel like you should maybe give him another week just to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, understandable if you want to get rid of him and prioritize getting somebody else, I think. Yeah, I'm on the sell bandwagon just because I know he wasn't that great in the preseason trial. Like him against St. Helens was atrocious. And that game was no better. He didn't have any attacking threat. He looked like he was just there on an edge to fill a spot. 
Um, honestly, they could bring Hosking in and he'll be doubly as good as what um, Garner is at the moment easily. Uh, I don't understand. And the fact that they bring in, in Salmon to fill in an edge spot who's like half his size, yeah, that already speaks volumes, I think. Um, yeah, the fact that he's not playing 80 also is, yeah, pretty... Pretty bad. You don't really want him if he's not playing 80. So I'm a bit worried there for his um, for his longevity in this uh, Panthers squad. I know he was bought specifically to fill that edge left by Kikau, but I don't know how much longer he's got in that spot until Ghana, um, until Ghana, until Hosking takes his spot. Nah, that's fair enough. Yeah, and there's another few other good buys this week. So yeah, definitely understandable. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the issue because there's so many other good buys, and he's in that awkwardly like mid-range price and he he hasn't lost too much cash yet like i think he only lost like 10 to 15k um yeah he's an he's an easy sell target to get in a couple of cheapies that are rising at the moment that's why i think he's a good sell option but i can i can see your point like he could just bounce back and everything could be fine scores a 40 nothing's wrong but yeah there's so many good players around around that are cheap so i can kind of see him as an easy trade-off option for sure yeah Righto, let's look at the bunnies now because there's there's a couple of players here that are pretty interesting from a fantasy point of view. Just the fact that they had so many issues. Like Tavita Totola went down with a head knock. Jai Arrow went off with an injury. There's a few new players in this team that, um, well, not new players, just players coming off the bench that are getting a bit more minutes, like your Michael Cheekams, your, your Shaq Mitchells, Davey Moali even got a few extra minutes as well. So there's plenty of options here that you could go for. And even Daniel Saluka Fafita gets named ahead of Shaq Mitchell to start or Davey Mowali as well. So, um, yeah, what's your take on this, this Rabbitohs team? Yeah, mate, I don't, um, I don't mind, especially these props. Um, it's kind of hard. I'm not sure who's the best player. Even, uh, Daniel Fafita, he's, um, 250 K. Obviously Shaq Mitchell, uh, had a pretty good score last week and played a decent amount of minutes as, as well, which is, um, encouraging. They've got this bench, you know, Blake Taft, who's a back, Jet Cartwright, who's more of an edge. Um, so you've got these kind of a two-prop bench. Tom Burgess traditionally doesn't play, like, huge minutes. So there's definitely, um, you know, points in in some of these options here. It's nice to see Cam Murray get 80 minutes as well. He had a, a decent score. I imagine he has another pretty good one this week. Um, yeah, mate, I kind of, honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to having like a couple of these uh, <laughs> Rabbitohs props in my team, but I don't know, yeah, if I can get one in and if so, which is the best. I think Shaq Mitchell, I guess, is the way I'm leaning at the moment just because he had the good score round one. Uh, I look good in the trials as well. But yeah, I think Fafita and Mawali are decent options as well. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about Saluka Fafita. Just the fact that he hasn't played over 30 minutes really um, in a starting NRL team, um, and he's come straight into this team off the reserves. So, uh, be pretty interesting to see what his minutes are. I wouldn't go for him from round well from this week. Um, I'd give him yeah. a week just to see what his minutes look like because he is a bit of a hothead and does concede a lot of penalties as well. So, he might literally just be there to eat up a few tackles let him burn out for the first 10, 15, and then bring someone like a Davey Moali or a Shaq Mitchell on. So I think the two players that are probably the best to look at are your Moali and, and Mitchell um, off the bench, just because Saluka Fafita will probably be short-lived, unless he has an absolute blinder. I don't see how Totola 
is out for another week um, unless he's got really bad lingering concussion symptoms. That's true as well. Yeah, good point. And then, and then the other one, Cheekam, I guess, you know, Arrow's got a hamstring injury. They only said it was minor, but there's every chance that, you know, Arrow comes back in from next week and Cheekam's back to the bench only getting 10-15. So there's that risk. That's why I think Moali and Mitchell are probably your safer, just your safer options because they were already rotation bench forwards. So pretty safe to go with. And then there's the other one, Lachlan Ilias as well. What's the go, mate? We spent all last year <laughs> trading and hopping off this guy. And then all of a sudden he comes out round one and has an absolute blinder. Yeah, he was unreal. And that um, try savory got on Mulatalo was oh, huge. yeah, probably the moment of round one. I thought it was great. Uh, I've just never seen more heartbreak in a guy's face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mate, I was pretty happy with Dewey and uh, and obviously Cleary as well on the halves. And then we've got other guys kind of in the conversation who kind of fill that position in Tanner Boyd and Katoa. I think Ilias, I guess he's one to watch, but um, not jumping on, I think, just yet for me. Yeah, I think this is uh, – let's look at this, uh, what it was, an outlier. I hope I'm not going to be eating those words <laughs> yeah, next week. Um, but um, when you look at his stats, the base of what he got is about 31 points, 18 tackles, 300 kick meters, and – only 30 meters, um, run meters, which is about 30, 31 points. So his base is pretty high for a half, to be honest. Like if you're getting 30 to 40 points in base, that's pretty good. But when you look at the premium halves, like your clearies, your DCEs, all those guys, they're getting, you know, six, 700 kick meters a game, um, making plenty of meters and making around those tackles, to be fair, around, you know, 15 to 20 tackles. But yeah, they're doing all that hard work that he did, like your tries, your try assists, line breaks, all that week in, week out. So I think he's a little bit low on his base. But, I mean, he, it is his second year into first grade, so he is building. He could be a premium half in a year or two's time. Maybe this is his first breakout year. Who knows? Um, but I think he's a very, very big risk, like you said, to go right now, straight away. Yeah, I think that's it, mate. Give him another week or so, see if it's, see if it's not just a, a fluke before bringing him in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's move on to the next game, which is the Friday night game, seeing Parramatta take on the Sharks. Parramatta looked very good against the Storm. I wouldn't say very good. They looked very okay against the Storm, considering the Storm (laughs) also looked very okay. But two very solid defences, to be honest, considering they're missing, like the Storm are missing basically their whole forward pack to the Dolphins, and Parramatta are missing, you know, Lane and Madison to injury. I think they did very well to hold up the middle, both these teams. So um, how'd you find them? Yeah, it was a it was a nice one to start it all off, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought thought the Eels were going to do the job in the end, but uh, yeah, that Harry Grant last. Let's uh, not relive it. Let's play. leave it alone. Yeah. Leave it alone. Don't need to hear it anymore. <laughs> I've heard it enough this year. Not this year. This week. <laughs> this week. But yeah, obviously, Hop Good, Hop God. Yeah, produced for fantasy he was the top scorer of the week, I think, as well. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, second after Cherry Evans. But yeah, he was unreal, offloading, run meters, tackles, um, looking the goods. The Cardi party was a really nice one. Uh, and I think he's a pretty solid buy if you didn't get him last week. He, uh, he looked good. He got 80 minutes. Uh, not like the Cardi party of old, but he's, he's got such a good role in this team. And if he's playing 80, um, it's pretty hard to go past. Pretty happy with Matt Dory as well. Um, didn't have him in my starting team, but 31 for your first kind of hit out isn't too bad. And I imagine he's 
minutes and scores will kind of continue to go up now that he's, you know, got some fitness and kind of uh, molding into this role as well. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have Hopgood or Cartwright yet, they're 100% buys this week. And the fact that you didn't start with Hopgood in the first place, what are you doing? Why are you listening to us? <laughs> you need to concentrate more and study more on fantasy. Look, Dury's an okay buy. Yes, he played. He he had a blinder, to be honest. The first 20 minutes, Dury looked absolutely amazing. It didn't translate to fantasy, unfortunately, but he looked very good. I'd be, you know, cautious in picking him up now. Yeah, he'll get you a bit more cash, but you've also got Sean Lane coming back, and it looks like they prefer Cartwright over Dury. Um, well, Cartwright looked better anyway, just all round over Dury, I thought. But, yeah, I mean, all three of those back rowers and locks look great to be honest. And then there's Josh Hodgson as well. So Hodjo playing 80 minutes. Um, what'd you find? What'd you find about him? His game was a bit interesting. Hey, it was interesting. Yeah. He um, obviously put junior Paulo through for that trial, which was nice. Played 80 minutes, which look, not really sure the logic behind it playing, you know, a guy coming off an ACL and he's in his, <laughs> in his thirties, 80 minutes. One of the only 80 minute hookers in the comp. Interesting. It's nice for my uh, draft bench, have him just sitting there and hanging out for for a rainy day. But yeah, I just don't think he's one you're looking at for classic um, at this point. Not a bad stash for draft or something like that. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I see him. I think he'll build into this season. People thought that you know a couple of his passes were a bit slow and went went to ground and whatnot, but like he'll build over time. Just he's been out of the game for two years. I mean, give him a chance, God. Yeah, he'll he'll be fine later in the year. Just just got to take time for him. He's not a buy in fantasy at this point, I don't think. But he does. I mean, he does have a little bit of cash to make. So if you did buy him, he's fine. Chuck him on the interchange. He'll score your mid fifties, uh, mid forties to fifties uh, every week, but nothing, nothing crazy really, right? Yeah, I think so, mate. That's where I see him. And looking at the Sharks team, looks pretty handy as well uh, without Nico Hines. Uh, what do you think of their performance? Yeah, mate. Um, no, I'm just completely blanking. What it ended up? Oh, they got done by the bunnies, didn't they? Yeah, um, they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, seems like it was forever ago last week. Um, yeah, <laughs> like two days ago. Two days ago, yep. Yeah, mate, I thought they looked all right. Uh, it was nice to see Teague Wilton getting 80 there on the edge. Uh, I think he started with him. He's pretty happy. That try he got did kind of bail him out um, and got him kind of a mid-40 score. He's a little yeah. bit try-dependent, I guess, and attacking stats-dependent. But, um, yeah, definitely has some upside there and one I'd be holding for sure. Wasn't too many other big takeaways for me, honestly, out of this game. Cam McGuinness coming off the bench, still pumped out a decent score. So definitely one to kind of like keep an eye on and maybe target for origin period and, and things like that. But I think that's it for me, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, I I mean, there's not a ton of like NRL fantasy classic um, options at the Sharks. A lot of draft options, obviously. Um, but looking back at Wilton's score, he his base was 49 points. He made 38 tackles and 113 meters, uh, run meters. So the only thing that let him down was he had eight missed tackles and two errors. <laughs> That's 20 negative points on his normal score. Um, yes, he scored a try, but you take away eight points from that, and he's still scoring, uh, if you're looking at his base, he's still scoring in the 40s anyway. So 
Um, I I think there's still value in getting Wilton if you don't have him yet. He's still an okay buy option, especially with Wade Graham. Jeez, he's hit on Moali. Although I don't think it was like a reckless high tackle, I think is what it got graded. Even though it's not reckless, he's still going to get some weeks for it. So Wilton will have 80-minute performances going forward. So I think he's an okay buy as well, Wilton. But um, there is another player at about his price range in the mids that I think has a, a much higher base that is also another option uh, in Josh King that we'll talk about when we get to the Storm as well. But I think that's pretty much it. I mean, if, if you picked up uh, Trindle, by the way, from round one, good on you. He's going to be having that spot for the next uh, four rounds, NRL Physio reckons. Apparently, Nico Hines is not going to be back till round five, which is their game against the Warriors. So, um, yeah, if you picked up Trindle, he'll make, make a bit of cash, and he's a, a decent, decent cash cow as well. I probably wouldn't pick him up now because you're not going to get a ton of weeks out of him. But, I mean, if you're, if you're risky and you're willing to throw away some trades, yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't mind that call as well, yeah. Had an okay-ish. He got 30 on the weekend, but yeah, who knows? Next couple of weeks, could have some decent scores and uh, yeah, see his price go up a bit. Shame about Nico, but what can you do? Yeah, that's the problem. I guess when Nico comes back, he'll probably be worked into it a bit, so hopefully his price drops a bit and we can pick him up, you know, just before Origin or, you know, around the Origin period. For sure, yeah. Okay, moving on to the primetime Friday night game, seeing the Broncos take on the Cowboys. Obviously, the Broncos had a very good uh, one-point win over the Panthers, and the Cowboys are pretty... I mean, I want, I want to say convincing. one-point win. Yeah, but I, it, it really wasn't like a one-point win. They blew them out of the water in the first 20 minutes, and then they took the foot off the pedal for the next 60, and the Raiders just kind of worked their way in. But they never looked like losing, I don't think, the Cowboys. Yeah, kind of frustrating game as a fan to watch. Just kind of wanted to, uh, yeah, same, I guess, finish them off. But, uh, yeah, they still look solid, especially that first half. The Cowboys, top eight, and called it a Jekyll and Hyde performance, which I thought was interesting in the <laughs> post-match uh, press conference. But uh, I guess now we're on the Cowboys. We'll chat about them first. Pretty standard. There wasn't, like, too many takeaways. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai. Probably a good avoid. Didn't have a very good week. Told you um, so. I, yeah, I still think he's gonna gonna come back. I wasn't starting with him in fantasy, but um, I still trust he's a weapon. Signed on for what, like seven fifty k a year or something ridiculous. Yeah, he's gonna have some big weeks coming up, um, especially kind of after this week when the Cowboys draw opens up a bit more as well. I do like the call though. Tell tell the listeners to pick him up so that they, you know, they have a pretty bad down week and uh, drop a bit of cash, <laughs> and, and we we look like we're we're real professionals, right? That's that was the play. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much it, honestly. From the Cowboys, do you have any other things you want to spin yarns about? Yeah, I mean, Cotter and Robson are your obvious options. If you didn't start with them, they're pretty hard to bring in now. Um, but they're your, they're your two go-tos in this team. They're pretty much your only go-tos. Drinkwater had a pretty good attacking game, but I wouldn't be picking him up uh, anyway just because he's very, very tied to those attacking stats because he doesn't have a very high base. I mean, he got, what, two tries and he only scored a 40. So there's, um, there's a lot of cash that he's going to drop there, to be honest, over the next couple of rounds. Uh, that's, I mean, from the Cowboys, that's pretty much it. They're, they're good. Like I said before, they're good draft options, not fantasy options. If you have homes, that's it. You're going to have to hold him now from, for the rest of the year. 
Um, you're not going to drop him after a bad game. I mean, he had 42, which is pretty much his standard. So um, that was that was good if you had him, but he'll have up and down games as you go through the season. Um, I saw that the I saw that the guy that did um, rank number one this week had Jason Tamalolo in his team, and Legend. all I thought to myself was, "There's no way this guy's going to be near the top ten by the end of the season if you pick him Tamalolo." <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we'll see how he turns out. To be fair, Tamalolo is a weapon. I rate it. Yeah, he's a weapon, but he's not a fantasy weapon. We've we've proved that from last year, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's look at the Broncos. We have got Reese Walsh back at number one. Do you is there any interest in in Reese Walsh? Even like you haven't seen him play a game yet, but any interest in going him just off the back of his trial performances? Yeah, don't hate the move. To be fair, if you're if you're a believer, uh, if you like, you know Reese Walsh, the way he looks, maybe uh, love could, the way he looks. Could, yeah, why not throw him in? But yeah, probably not what I'm doing. But don't hate it. I guess yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd loved him to have started round one because I think I would have started with him if he did play round one, just watching his trial performances. But very hard to pick him up now when you've got so many good cheapies and so many good value options to bring in that are at his price or less. It's, yeah, it's one that um, you've got to make a difficult decision over, um, to be honest. But I guess when you're looking at other players in this team, a lot of we've had a few questions about like players like Stags, for example, um, even similar questions about your Payne Haas's as well. Obviously, with Stags, he got what he got a bad cramp, didn't he? Like sixty minutes in, I could see his calf was rolling up into into the back of his leg, basically. Um, so yeah, he's no, probably a hold. He looked he looked pretty good, to be honest, for for his first game. Um, obviously, if it wasn't for that calf injury, he probably would have had another twenty minutes on the field. Probably scored in your mid to high thirties, depending on if he happened to get more attacking stats. So I think he's still a hold if you have him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that, mate. Yeah, he's he's a hold for me. Yeah, and Payne Haas, I mean, yeah, look at him go. He's just out there again um, having big scores. You know, a lot of tackle busts, though, I might add. So when you look at his base, he only averaged, uh, what was his score in base? 27 tackles, 200 metres. So, yeah, about 47 points in base, um, seven tackle busts. So uh, he's got he's to keep getting those attacking stats because he's not getting 80 minutes anymore. Only got 65 minutes on the park. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, that's probably going to be one of his higher scores, I'd imagine, this year. I think his higher scores are going to be around the mid mid to high 60s, and his more regular scores are going to be around the mid 50s, low 50s, I, I'd say, just based on the stats um, that I'm looking at. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I still think he'll be there or thereabouts, mate. Like, um, I think if he's not getting tackled, busts, maybe throws in an extra offload or runs for a little bit more. Uh, you're right, maybe 63 is kind of towards the high end, but I think he'll still be hovering kind of around that uh, like mid-50s, low-60s mark most weeks. Yeah, fair. And then then you look at Carrigan's stats, though. He had 50 tackles and 180 metres, so 68 points in base, and he ended with 65 because he had a missed tackle um, and a six-again call against him. And that's it for Carrigan's stats. Like, you look at his stat line, <laughs> and it's literally tackles, metres, and a couple of negatives, like missed tackles and a six again against him and that's all he did so um there's no offloads in there there's no tackle busts even there's no line breaks like we normally see so yeah there could be uh carrigan could be in for a big year just based on that yeah i agree to be fair 50 tackles yeah pretty good pretty good going yeah so if you picked him up from the start very good buy um 30 of you are on the money there with him i think 
sure, yeah. Is that all for the all for the Broncos, really? Yeah, mate. I think that does it for them. Oh, actually, Cobo. What are your thoughts on Cobo? A lot of people started with him out of the gate because he was at fullback. Ten percent of people. What do you? What advice have you got for him? Probably looking to go down to the hammer, honestly. Yeah, it probably drops a bit of price now. And just, yeah, with guys like Hammer and Chance there, it's pretty nice, uh, I guess, swap. Or if you're a believer, yeah, ride the roller coaster. Uh, he's bound to have one a, a big score, you know, in the next couple of weeks. You, we know he can hit, you know, these 80 pluses on his day. You wouldn't think that happens against the Cowboys. You think it's a pretty close game. Maybe he gets a try and kind of pumps out a decent score for you, but. Yeah, I'd probably be looking to downgrade, I think, and um, yeah, make some money with guys like Hammer or Chance. Yeah, I I don't see Cobo in this gun realm, like in the in the gun winger fullbacks. So he's center as well, so gun winger fullback center kind of talk. He is very good, but I just his scores are too inconsistent, like way too inconsistent to to put him up there with the best of them, to be honest. So yeah, I I kind of agree with you there. He'll have, like you said, he'll have games where he scores a hat trick and he gets eighty to hundred easy. But yeah, it's a bit too hard to have him in that realm um, from round one. So I think downgrade him. And I mean, you could pick him up later in the season if he has a couple of quite games, you know, for the next couple of rounds. He's yeah, not too bad of a, a cheaper winger fullback option to pick up, to be honest, when he drops a bit of cash. But yeah, yeah, wouldn't be banky on him from from now, that's for sure. Anyway, moving on to the Saturday games. The first game on the Saturday is the Roosters taking on the Warriors at 3 p.m. Roosters had an absolute shocker against the Dolphins. Who could have guessed it? Who would have thought that Wayne Bennett, Bennett gets the Dolphins up for round one? Crazy, right? That was, yeah. Actually, this was probably the moment of the round, not... Uh... More Tyler dropping that ball. I just couldn't believe this as it was happening. The Roosters looked, yeah, dog shit. <laughs> the Dolphins. Not much else you can say, to be good. honest. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of forgot, like, the Roosters have done this time and time again. They're round ones. Some reason are really bad. So I am not selling all my Roosters players or doing anything too crazy. I'm trusting the process. I guess maybe the exception is someone like Teddy who's going to drop a fair bit of coin if you haven't got um, one of these people in the fullbacks and you think you can upgrade elsewhere. But even with Teddy, uh, I know we kind of talked about him a little bit in preseason. Like He has these moments in the season where he's going to drop and that's kind of where you should be buying him instead of on his peak, which is what he's priced on now. But uh, I don't know. I think... If you started with him, I'd be kind of holding with him, I think, still. What are your thoughts on him, mate? Yeah, he's a season-long hold. If you picked him up round one, he's a season-long hold. Um, I don't know what you were doing in the first place when we, we told everyone, do not start with Teddy because he always does this. He always has moments where he will shit the bed and he'll drop plenty of cash and he'll drop to like your five 600K and that's when you buy him, not when he's at 700 plus. So, um, yeah, if you've got him now, you're stuck with him, hold on to him until he comes back. I mean, it's not going to matter. He's a keeper, so cash means nothing when you've bought him in already. But, yeah, you've just kind of got to suck it up, take take away your pride, and, yeah, just just stick with him pretty much. To be fair, I'd be happily stuck with him this weekend against the Warriors team. He could 
easily pump out an 80 and uh, repay the faith. Josh, Josh, what did you say? What did you say before round one um, against the Dolphins? That's true. Famous last words. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Warriors also not that great. Who knows? Yeah, so I guess switching tack to the Warriors. Um, well, actually, no. Before we switch to the Warriors, we have to discuss yeah. Brandon Smith because it's the the one on everyone's um, the the tip of everyone's tongues, asking us every question under the sun about him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, hold him. Just uh, yeah, trust the process. Yep. He had a bit of a weird game. Like he got taken off for a HIA and looked pretty clunky along with the Roosters team. He got bloody sent to a different universe by uh, Felice Cafusi at one point during the game. Uh, So, yeah, I think just trust the process with him. He still highly owns. So, yeah, hold him. Don't overthink it. Don't rage trade him. Keep him in your team. Nothing to worry about. He'll, I mean, they have Jake Turpin in the team this week on the bench, but I think he'll probably spend some time either at lock or in the front row. Just the fact that they... Um, a missing lodge because of his, um, what do you get, a cheekbone fracture? So I think he'll be rotated a little bit around the middle. So, yeah, Brendan Smith, keep hold of him. Give him a couple more weeks, see how he goes. But, yeah, I mean, it was pretty normal at the Storm for him to be quite up and down as well. But the fact that he's in the starting team now with the Roosters should be getting 60-plus minutes a week. Pretty much a no-brainer to keep until he, you know, starts performing. I think so as well, yeah. Uh, what about some of these other guys, like your Egan Butchers, your Nat Butchers? Much, much advice on them? holding them as well. Uh, I think the only thing in this team now I'm kind of looking at is just this bench makeup. It's we've got Turpin and Hutchison on there. Obviously, they're really short on middles at the moment with Lodge going down. I think it's just kind of like a monitor it and see if there's some value in someone like a Fletcher Baker or one of these bench forwards potentially in the in the coming weeks if again minutes in this pack. Yeah, even um, Lindsay Collins. I actually put a post on the Patreon for the people that have subscribed to our Patreon, if you are interested. The link is in the bio. Um, about pods to start the season just before round one. And Lindsay Collins was one of the pods that I thought was going to have a breakout year again. The fact that he, two years ago, before he started having all these concussion issues, was scoring in the mid to high 50s pretty regularly, and his minutes were quite high. His minutes were, of course, quite high because Lodge had to go off injured. Um, but yeah, his base stats are incredibly good to start this season 39 tackles 120 meters there's 51 points in base there so he's another middle forward that has yeah has potential to go big this year as well yeah i think so as well i don't i don't mind that as cool yeah either he, he looks old on the weekends and yeah should be able to keep getting minutes in his pack just always that uh risk of concussion I guess, but um, that exists with a lot of players, to be fair. Uh, Moving on to the Warriors. uh, Plenty of good to come out of their game, to be honest. Uh, They they looked very solid uh, on the weekend against the Knights, uh, even though they were playing at the 6 o'clock game. How do you rate some of these players? Like, you're looking at the likes of, you know, your Jackson Ford, your Mitch Barnett, your Nia Corays, those kinds of guys. What What are your thoughts about them? Look, I think the scores kind of tell the story on this one just by themselves. Uh, guys like yeah, Jackson Ford, he had a pretty good game and, you know, is a pretty serious, cheapy option this week, I think. Yep. Guys like Nia Corey were a little bit disappointing, but didn't play the full 80 minutes. 
also a little bit disappointing. Josh Curran's three. He dropped 55K. A uh, bit of what's doing with Josh Curran, I think. But uh, I'd be definitely selling him if I had him. Yeah. Which I don't think many people do. But uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's just a strange one for people that have drafted him and stuff. I think still hold him if you've drafted him. Uh, and hopefully he wins this wins his spot back, I think. But, yeah, it's a yeah. weird one. Absolutely criminal that he's on the bench. He only got 20 minutes on the weekend. That is absolutely criminal for Josh Curran. He's been their best player for the last two to three years. Um, yeah, I I don't understand it. I mean, it got him the win over the, the Knights, but, yeah, bit of a strange one. Ford getting 80 minutes on an edge, very good. Harris, love the fact that he's come back to an 80-minute lock roll. He is a buy if you can afford him, but he is the high end of a buy. I think if you're looking at a guy like Harris and you want someone consistent in your mids, um, you might be able to go the cheaper option of Josh King, to be honest, and just slot him in. <laughs> he does the exact same thing for a much cheaper price, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'd be I'd be loving to get a bit of Harris into my team. Uh, Mitch Barnett yeah. as well was a surprise one for me. Um, I didn't really expect him to go as big. But when you look at his stats, yeah, he, he he only played 50 minutes and still managed to get pretty high base, plenty of tackle bus, a line break, a good high 50 score, to be honest, pretty consistent. So if you started with him, I think well done. Probably wouldn't pick him up now just because of his price. But if you started with him, yeah, he's he looks like he's a good buy. Oh, well, good, yeah, good hold. Yeah, uh, well, well done. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything else you said. Probably not one that... Probably some better value elsewhere, I think, now. Yeah. Yeah. And we've spoken about Chance. Chance, pretty good option. Um, scored a try, looked dangerous like he did at uh, the Raiders when he went there first year. So also another good option. For sure. And the running meters as well there and the kind of the base is what you kind of like to see with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think his, let's give the stats, his base, 10 tackles, 200 meters and a kick defusal so plenty of kick defusers as a fullback which is good so 30 points in base which is exactly what you want especially the guy that's only 400k um that'll be his base going forward which is good uh moving on to the dolphins and the raiders for the saturday afternoon game dolphins obviously we spoke about already had a very good win looked very solid through the middle raiders very underwhelming to start that game but they were in townsville it was stinking hot and it was very humid so i understand coming from the good old cold weather of canberra um but yeah this game will be another interesting one dolphins probably have their have their fins up and are ready ready to get stuck into the raiders yeah and how good was it to see a fin shoey or i don't know what do you call it i don't even know what you call it but that didn't was good expect to see, that so. yeah that yeah good. fins up yeah man looking forward to this game should be a good one i guess yeah, Dolphins kind of surprised everyone. Didn't think they were going to come out as good, but the ghost of Felice Kafusi uh, returned to Suncorp Stadium. He looked pretty good, um, laying big hits on and stuff. Jeremy Marshall King, I thought, also looked unreal. Tom Gilbert, uh, you know, he had a few errors and stuff, but still got, you know, some decent base and stuff in there. And is an uh is a pretty solid by hammer he obviously got that try and looks yeah looked busy had uh had some kind of like decent base in there and yeah kind of just looked dangerous so quite like him as a buy this week 
Yeah, some pretty pretty interesting options at the at the Dolphins now. Um, like you said, Hammer looks pretty good. Did score a try, but was was still solid at the back anyway. I think a lot of people have guys like you know Katoa and Stones and maybe even Mark Nichols. Obviously, Stone uh, Nichols was the best of them. And even looking at his base off the bench, very good. So if you can fit Nichols into your team now, that's another good buy option. But um, I wouldn't be rushing to get him in your team just because he is a bench forward so his minutes will vary week to week um but yeah guys like katoa what are your what are your thoughts there like there's a few of them spread around like your katoas your alamotis your tommy talaus you know those cheapies that underperformed round one what are your what are your thoughts on those guys yeah it's kind of hard with a guy like katoa you got 11 points he's pretty highly owned um played against a pretty tough Roosters team, even though they end up kind of killing him in the end. I thought he looked pretty good, actually, and I thought 11 points is probably like a little bit unfair to him. I thought he didn't look too bad in the game, got a few fourth-line dropouts and stuff like that. Uh, I think just hold, mate, uh, with all these guys. it's The position's a little bit volatile. They can come out and get like a 40 next week. You just kind of don't know, so... Um, yeah. I'm probably hanging strong with him at this point. Yeah, I don't. I just don't want Katoa to fall into that um, that Ilias and like Talatawa Moan <laughs> category of half that we had last year, where they're just you, you're riding them and waiting for that game and just waiting for that game to come, and then it just never comes, and they just keep losing cash because apparently you can go less than 230k this year so that's new to me to be honest and they're, <laughs> they're, they've dropped a bit of cash all of them um as well which is a bit unfortunate but I, I kind of agree with you i think they're just holds and kind of see how they go over the next couple of rounds yeah i like that anyway looking at the raiders team now uh harley smith shields had an okay game got moved around a bit because there was a few head knocks and some you know sin bins and whatnot so um, interesting one for him. He did okay. He's probably the most, uh, one of the more owned cheapies in this Raiders team. So he's probably a hold, you know, scoring in the mid twenties. He'll make a bit more cash as long as he can stay in that center spot. Um, but guys like Tarpany who, you know, didn't perform like they normally perform and Hudson Young, you know, had a, had a pretty rough game. Um, what are your thoughts on them? If, if you've, you've bought into those guys. I think just, just hold mate. Um, everyone you just mentioned, Harley Smith-Shields. I think the Rapana Rapana suspension as well kind of locks him in 100% for the next couple of weeks as well, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Tarpany and Hudson Young, just hold on. They're going to come good. Um, I wouldn't be, yeah, doing anything with them. Yep, fair play. I think that's pretty much it, though, from this uh, this Raiders team. There's not a ton of other fantasy options. If you've gone Fogarty, that's fine. He's still a hold, you know. They had a pretty rough game, the Raiders, to be honest, so I'd be holding him if you happen to have him. But other than that, I don't think there's many other fantasy options in this uh, this team. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. All right, moving on to the Saturday night game, seeing the Storm taking on the Dogs. Uh, Storm obviously got that uh, extra point win over... Parramatta, hated saying that, and the dogs <laughs> looked absolutely atrocious. So let's start with the dogs because I probably could take away more from these guys. Uh, plenty of fantasy options, but not a lot that looked good after round one. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, a little bit disappointing. Guys like Burton, uh, Alamode, 
yeah, a little bit disappointing. I think I wouldn't panic, especially Alamotti. Uh, I think you're definitely holding, but or at least I am. And then Burden, he's kind of an awkward one because there is some other good players in his price range. But I think, yeah, he's had one bad game. You obviously trust him enough to bring him in. I'd probably still be holding him. Yeah, if you've committed to Burton as a gun, you're holding him. You're not You're not going to trade. What do we say? You do not trade keepers. Everyone says it. That's like the one rule of fantasy. You don't trade keepers. And Burton is a keeper. Unless something drastically changes about their position, you don't trade them. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. Well said. Other guys like Kickout. Kickout looked out on his feet. I, do, I, do, I don't know if you watched their game, but he looked cooked after 20 minutes. He did not <laughs> want to be on that field at all. I don't know what was going on, but he, yeah, he looked probably like the worst player on the field, to be honest. Yeah, maybe just, yeah, too many meat pies in the offseason. Uh, <laughs> not running around enough, but yeah, I think he's another one. He'll probably come good eventually. Um, but I don't think he's highly owned either. So um, probably okay. uh, not one too many people are stressing about, which is probably good. Yeah, I guess players that I did like from the Dogs team, uh, which there were very few. Uh, Ryan Sutton also posted him on the Patreon. He came good as a good uh, cash option in the mids, scored a good score of 47. Um, I think his break even was the low 30s, so he's got a bit of cash to make. Um, he's not a huge scorer. He's not like your Josh Kings, who we'll talk about in a second. But, um, yeah, he's he's one that's going to you know trundle along and make a bit of cash, which is nice to see. Um, also, Hayes Perham was a, an okay – he actually got an okay score. I was kind of assuming he was going to get less than 10 this game, but he ended up with a 26 uh, in a game where they – he probably didn't deserve to get a 26 considering the Bulldogs' performance, so he did well to get that score, so I would be holding him. And Reed Marnie probably looked the best of the whole team, to be honest. Uh, he is one now that I would be considering if you don't have him. He is playing 80, and Farmanu Brown is playing lock. So Reed Marnie could get back to scoring where he was scoring two years ago uh, for the for the Parramatta Eels, and you know getting those mid mid 60 scores regularly. So one to one to watch and one to get in if you can, because he's quite cheap at the moment as well. Yeah, don't mind that as a shot. Uh, he obviously got the try on the weekend, which um, boosted him boosted him up as well. But yeah, 51 tackles, eight minutes there. Assume this dog's team gets a bit better and he can kind of try some try assists and other bits and pieces in there to potentially boost him as well. Yeah. So yeah, not a bad shout, mate. Yeah, things just need to click for this dog's team. I think it's going to take a bit of time for Seraldo, but uh, they'll get there. You know, think about mid-season; they'll they'll start to come together. And looking at the storm. A lot of people had Liero and Katoa, and you would have benefited benefited from that. They both played 80 minutes. They both got very good base stats and good scores from it, which is excellent. Harry Grant looked like a, a genius move if you didn't bring him in until he scored that try at the end, uh, which, you know, great if you have him. Terrible if you don't because you really wanted him to drop a bit of cash, and I know I was hoping that he didn't score that because then he would drop a bit of cash, but unfortunately, he did. Uh, if you had Cam Munster, that absolutely sucks um josh what are your thoughts about munster are you going to be holding him if you had him or would you be trading him three weeks out yeah is it three weeks the the finger was it uh um, yeah apparently surgery in three weeks 
three weeks, yeah, that's that's a decent stint, isn't it? So I'd probably be looking looking elsewhere uh, for three weeks. You know who's at uh, under 862K and who is a half that is going to be playing? Uh, Adam Dewey, maybe? Adam Dewey, that is <laughs> correct. Get around him. Uh, I think it's a, a bit of a no-brainer to trade Munster to Dewey, save a bit of cash, and you get a half that looked absolutely elite on the weekend. But we'll yeah, get to the Tigers. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um Josh King, he's the other big one that I want to talk about. Actually, all of the mids, to be honest, from the Storm. Your Soph Solomona, your Christian Welch, and your Josh King all played big minutes considering the bench. And obviously, they went into extra time, but it was only, I think, three or four minutes in extra time. Um, I think that all three of these guys are buys. Welch, Nass, and King, if you don't have them already. Obviously, Welch and Nass are on the more expensive end, but Josh King being the cheapest one of them all, he's probably the best buy out of all three. What are your thoughts? Yeah, don't mind it. I'm a little bit less bullish on him just because I'm not sure if he's going to keep getting those 70-plus minute uh, games. But I think even if he doesn't and he's in the in the 60s, which I think is more or less a lock at this point, uh, he showed on the weekend that he's kind of improved that work rate and, yeah, he looked pretty good. So... And if he's got getting those those eighty minutes, it's just hard. Like we got one one week, he didn't do it at yeah. all last season. Um, so I don't think eighty minutes or you know seventy plus is locked in for him. He, like a Tohu, which I'd be kind of like, okay, Tohu's going to get eighty from now on. You'd pretty much assume. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm happy enough with what I saw to kind of like lock him in for, for this week as a buy um, with yeah. that 80 minute potential. See, this is what I was, this is what I was saying at the top of the show. Every time that I think I know what I'm going to do, someone comes along, says something or I see a <laughs> comment and all of a sudden I'm questioning my thoughts again, because looking at Josh King's stats, even if you take away 10, 15 minutes of his game time, he had 55 tackles in just over 80 minutes and 130 meters to go with that. So his base is already at 68 from 81 minutes. So you take away 10, 15 minutes of that, you're still getting, you know, 45 to 50 tackles and you're still getting 100 metres, which is, you know, 50 plus in in base stats anyway. So I feel like with the fact that they have lost a lot of their middles, the Storm, I think they're kind of leaning on Josh King to take up more minutes, which is ideal. So I wouldn't be, Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to getting him in as a priority if you don't have, if you already have guys like Cartwright and Hopgood already. Yeah, mate. Don't mind that as a as a as a call. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Wish It for the next three weeks as well? While Munster's out, now that he's been named at uh, at halfback. Uh, yeah, he's interesting. More probably like a draft play, I guess. Uh, I just think, yeah, you can't be trading people in if you only kind of got three weeks in the back of your mind with it. Um, especially with kind of other guys with better job security that kind of around that price and looking solid. Um, so yeah, yep, fair enough. I'd yeah be avoiding him for now. I mean, Munster could come back in a week, really. They said surgery in three weeks, but apparently, those finger injuries you can come back before it's fully healed, you just tape it up and away you go. So, knowing Munster, he'll push to push to get back in this squad sooner rather than later, which probably makes him kind of an interesting what, what to do if you've got him, if you trade him out. Yeah, uh, so I guess 
keep looking at uh, late mail and, and things like that leading up to the, the lockout and seeing if there's any kind of updates with him. Yeah, absolutely. Righto, let's uh, let's skate through these Sunday games so we can get straight into some fan questions as well. So uh, the first Sunday game being the Tigers taking on the Knights. Uh, plenty of takeaways from this game. The main one being that the Knights, uh, Adam Elliott, has been ruled out of their team. So uh, sucks if you brought him in. He's definitely a sell. Um, even with him starting on the bench, didn't look good for the Knights and he's already out of the squad. So we're selling him. Um, but for the Tigers though, plenty of, plenty of upside in some of these players. Obviously, Bloor got a bit of a head knock and didn't come back. So he had a bit of an average score. But when you look at it, he got 13 in like 16 minutes. So uh, definitely be holding on to Bloor um, for one more week. Wouldn't be getting rid of him anytime soon. Uh, but blokes like Appy, who, uh, Appy and Joe O, who got uh, benched just before the start of the game. What are, your, what are your thoughts around this Tigers team? Yeah, it was a real shame about Sean Bloor. It would have been a really nice one if he had a, yeah, he looked good early. Um, yep. Could have kind of catapulted me up some rankings because I don't think many people were starting him. But yeah, he looked solid. So hopefully he um, does pass the concussion protocols and comes back this week. Yeah, guys like Appy, Joe O, I've just been kind of so hesitant with this Tigers pack most of the season. But to be fair, David Clemmer pumped out a really good score. Um, and Papali'i as well. So, uh, but yeah, I think, sorry, yeah, if you got Coruscant or Joe I'd probably be looking at give him a flick. Ooh, that's a, that's a big call. I know I just said we don't sell guns, but I don't know if I ever considered Joe-O a gun in the first place. His, his, Obviously, his scores from last year put him in that gun category, but he was taking on all the minutes of the forwards because they had so many junior forwards at the Tigers. So that was the only reason he was getting, you know, big scores and big minutes. Now that they've got plenty of firepower in the forwards, I think Joe O is pretty safe to to sell if you did start with him. I don't think anyone... We've never talked about him throughout the preseason just because of that reason. We just knew he wasn't going to be one of the guys to to pick up the big scores in this Tigers pack. But Appy is a huge shock. The fact that he's, you know, spelling before, you know, Simpkins starting and he's already on the bench. That's a, that's a crazy one. I think I would hold for one more round to see what happens, but yeah, I can understand why you'd want to sell him because while he's still got a bit of price to him, you can get guys like Reed Marnie, or if you trade, make two trades, you can go up to a Reese Robson or someone, Harry Grant, maybe even um, if you've got a bit of extra cash to, to kind of offset his price drop because if he has another one like he did on the weekend, yeah, you're in trouble if you've got him. Yeah, I think so as well, mate. Yeah, that, that got very dour very quickly for, <laughs> for Coruscant owners. Uh, but anyway, looking at the Knights, plenty plenty to like about Ponga. He only scored 31, but he did come off towards the end with a, with a head injury, which everyone was saying was the reason the Knights lost. No, the reason the Knights lost was because they did not play well and the, the Warriors looked very good and strong in defense. Ponga, beholding for sure. Miller had a very good game. Another one um, to to keep if you've got him. And if you started with him, very good. If you didn't, I think you just kind of got to leave him at this point. Probably not one to be picking up now. Um, but guys like Tyson Frizzell and Lachlan Fitzgibbon, uh, even Jaden Braley. Um, Fitzg- uh, Frizzell obviously got a head knock, but he had a very good PPM before that head knock. Fitzgibbon just had a good game in general and Braley had a, a decent game in terms of base stats, not overall score. I think he ended with like a, 
just over 50, which is okay, 51, but not, yeah. yeah, not crazy. Um, but yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, look, I think there's just better options, honestly, with all of them. Uh, yeah, I thought Pong was all right. Jaden Braley kind of did what we, we thought he might do, still scoring solidly in the, in the 50s there. But yeah, not ones that I'm like really looking to bring in. Frizzell will it ever work out for him. I hope so. But <laughs> yeah, uh, now that he's dropped a little bit, he'll probably continue to drop even with a solid score next week. So I think he's just a wait and see. Um, he's probably the only one I kind of like really having a look at. Yeah, I'm going nice to keep on. Yeah, keep your eye on Frizzell because his break even 69 this week. Nice, um, but if he has another average game. You know, even if he scores in the 60s this week, he's still going to drop a bit of cash. So he could be one to pick up in the next week or two. So definitely, definitely keep an eye on him and his scores over the next couple of rounds. Um, Anyway, moving on to the last game on the Sunday, seeing the Dragons taking on the Titans. Uh, This is the first Dragons team we've seen, obviously, because they had the bye round one. Um, But... I mean, it's nothing stronger than their their preseason trial teams anyway. Uh, but for the Titans, had a very good game. A uh, bit of a strange one as well for some of their, you know, typical scorers like your, your Tinos and whatnot. Um, didn't really perform as good as I thought they were, but got very good scores out of guys like David Fafida and Alexander Brimson, which was good. Um, even Joe Stimson as well, coming in on an edge for Bo Firma, who's done his ACL and he's out for the season. Um, pretty good scores. What are your takes on the Titans team? Yeah, it was a shame about Campier. I didn't have a great game, but I think he's one I'm probably going to have as like my first emergency and one I can loop if he does have a three try and 14 minutes like he did in the trial and uh, get a big score like he did there. It'd be interesting. I think Kieran Foran's out, right? Is that... So he got named, but he does have a knee, yeah, knee injury at the moment. So they have Sexton in the reserves. Uh, that's one to watch, I think. Uh, maybe makes Tanner Boyd a little bit more appealing for this week. Tanner Boyd, I was a little bit disappointed with. I thought he was going to be kind of in the 40s versus uh, mid-30s. So hopefully he gets a, a nice game uh, this week. And against the Dragons, he could kick 10 goals this week. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, a little bit, yeah, disappointing about yeah Tino and some of these other guys. David Fafita looked look strong. Um, but now he's got that contract, so maybe he just uh, hops back in the shell and hangs out now. Who knows? But, yeah, I think that's about all I have for, for these guys here. Yeah, you'd be holding Tino if you did bring him in. But, um, yeah, if you don't have Dave Feeder, unlucky. He looks like he's going to have a breakout year. But you might be right. Maybe after his uh, his signed contract now, he yeah goes back into his shell and he just sits on an edge, misses a bunch of tackles, and doesn't do anything <laughs> in attack. So I guess we'll wait and see for this round. And looking at the Dragons, I mean, any love for them at all this round? Oh, Moe Zambayat, number nine. like to see that. <laughs> um, nah, mate, nothing too crazy here. Tyrell Sloan is one I'm kind of like just looking at. I didn't start with him, but he has a big game. Um, all looks, looks solid enough. Might be one I bring in. Jack yep. Bird at 13 is kind of an interesting watch, given he's got that dual center uh, position, but... Apart from that, mate, I think they're just um, a watch and see what happens. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going. I'm not going to pull the trigger on Bird or BMM or any of these these edges just because I know Jack DeBellin's out with a calf injury at the moment. So, 
that could get shaken up still. So I'm not gonna not gonna go near those guys for a couple of rounds until DeBellin's back in this team. But I like the call on Sloan there. Yeah, give him a give him a watch, see how he goes, and then might be one to pull the trigger on in a couple of weeks' time, depending on his scores. For sure, yeah. Right. Oh, let's get stuck in quickly while I've still got you, and while we still have time to go through some of the fan questions that we got through our Instagram page. If you haven't followed yet, uh, at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram, we're also on Twitter. Uh, as well and every now and then we do a live stream on on youtube apparently so we might uh go for those soon again as well first question is from jacinta is tino to mitch barnett a waste of a trade yes it is sorry jacinta love your work but probably uh probably a waste of a trade it's sideways she she had a better score than uh you definitely this week, and I think she almost picked <laughs> me as well, actually. So, um, yeah, she's she's learning fast considering she only started last year. Um, Cooper asks, is Luke Garner a trade? Already discussed this. Uh, yeah, I think so. Didn't look great, did he? So, um, yeah, we've kind of already discussed. I think he's probably one that you can move on and get in a better option. Yep. Bill asks, Garner and Khan Pereira to Cheekham and Ilias. That's a little bit sideways for me. Um, I think I'm holding strong with guys like Carpiera and just hoping for that big score. Um, so I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, I can understand Garner, but Carpiera, yeah, he's a winger. Hold on to him. He'll have a big score eventually. Um, do I trade in Jack Bird? And if I was to go Jack Bird, should Walker go out? Because that's a long one. So basically, Walker to Jack Bird. Uh, I be wanting to see a week of Jack Bird, I think, before I threw him in. Don't really know how many minutes he gets and things like that. So probably a no for me on that one. Yep, definitely wait and see. Uh, question from Fraser. Who would you play out of Katoa from the Dolphins, Perham and Khan Pereira, if you had to pick one? Oh, Interesting yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's a little rough, I guess. What Titans have the Dragons this week? Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. It did score as what a zero or one? Scored a zero, so yeah. <laughs> old donut. Yeah, I still think I would go Khan Pereira this week over those out of those three. You've got Katoa for the Dolphins. Will they will they replicate that uh, again this week against the Raiders? Uh, who knows? But Katoa didn't score well anyway. You've got um, Perham against the Storm, and yeah, Khan Pereira against the Dragons. I I think I'm leaning Pereira. Yeah. Don't mind that, mate. Uh, question from Clay. Will Garner see more ball? Uh, worried with the fact that he subbed with Jamin Salmon. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about that one, honestly. That's, yeah, I I wouldn't be putting my money on that. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I think Salmon is more likely to take more minutes from Garner than, than less. So uh, I don't see that kind of interchange between Garner and Salmon changing anytime soon. I think that's their go-to because Kikau never had 80. Well, he did every now and then, but he didn't normally play 80 minutes. So, yeah, I would be worried if I had Garner. And I, I had Garner as well to start the season. I'm trading him. So I think he's, yeah, not one to, to stick around with. Uh, question from Callan. Is it worth uh, taking the risk on the hammer if you don't have him already? Um, I think so. He looked pretty good probably one I'm like really looking into now and just I guess it's kind of a little bit team dependent it's more if you can kind of like fit him in and doesn't like break your team I think but if it's uh if, yeah if you can do it I would be 
Yeah, I, I did start with the hammer, but if you didn't start with the hammer, I would be looking at guys like Chans, who had a, a higher base than the hammer this week. Uh, didn't have the same attacking stats, but definitely in terms of base stats, did score higher. So Chans is another option if you're looking at players at around that 400k uh, price for your winger fullbacks. Righto, Josh, that is it for another round this week. Good luck, everyone, with round two, and we'll catch you all next week with another another chat into the scores and the team lists. Sounds good. Good luck, everyone, and, uh, yeah, catch you later.